What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is episode 17. This is the November View from Jamestown. I'm sitting down this morning with TCC President Rob Broach and Latin American Operations Manager Javier Fernandez. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Hello, hello. Nice, uh, nice sunny Tuesday we have here. Yes, it is. Happy to be here. After yesterday, I thought we were, we were done. We were in winter. We weren't going to see the sun for six months and got a little bit nicer today, so it's good to, good to see. Um, lots of stuff going on. Obviously, getting a little bit colder. We're getting into the winter season, um, seeing some seasonal stuff change. Obviously, a couple of big, uh, big topics going on around the, the industry and, and you know, globally as well, global economics and, and things going on. Um, starting off, one of the biggest ones that obviously has been impacting supply chains uh, with the chemical industry, but it's a, it's a much bigger issue and much bigger topic beyond just the chemical industry is the situation with the Rhine River um, in Germany with impacting uh, barges and, and supply for companies and, and pretty much every industry up and down the, the river uh, in Germany and, and throughout Europe. Uh, so what's, what's going on? You want to give an overview of what's happening over there and, and what we're seeing on the chemical side, how, how it's impacting it? I think we need a rain dance right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the Rhine River has seen uh, unprecedented low uh, levels uh, just because of some spectacular European weather that's been going on throughout the summer. No rain, warm, even hot, sunny. Uh, and which, really, is, which is great for a lot of things except for when you need the rain to, to, yeah. to fill the river. I mean, it's great for many, many things, but um, the river is the pulse, it's the vein that runs, it's the aorta, it's the major uh, vein that runs uh, the German and, and a lot of the European chemicals production amongst other things. And uh, when barge traffic is at a, a standstill or you have to load excessively light barges, uh, major things happen worldwide with supply chains, and that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah, I think the last update I saw, the, the river's currently at 20 inches of depth at the deepest part, which is, what, just under two feet, which for a river is incredible. 70-some uh, centimeters, yeah. it's. Uh, I think I, I saw the, the critical, a, a typical critical number for that river is 40 inches. Wow. 40, 40 inches is bad, so 20 inches is whatever, really? whatever is worse than bad. Really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, heard just the other day from one of our producing partners over there that if it goes down even just a couple more inches, it, it'll really, um, it'll have devastating impacts on um, many major integrated producers and uh, worse than it already has. We've already seen the effects. Yeah, I think barges are already at 30 to 50% full and that's even pushing it. So, you know, it's not going to go much lower than that to make the barge even somewhat economically friendly to, to move anything on it so we also saw that germany tapped into their reserves their oil reserves um fourth time in 40 years they've done this um just to support um this crisis bsf has uh ludwig Sauven has a force majeure uh, we're probably going to see more of these yeah and i saw too it's, it's going to push capacity to um trucking in europe as well kind of like what we've seen with trucking in the u.s pushing things onto rail and things like that I saw an article that trucking could just come to a standstill in Europe because all that barge traffic, the, the necessities are going to get pushed to, to trucking and they just don't have the capacity for that. And a lot of the trucking issues that we see here, they are also expecting the same thing. They're also seeing same shortage of drivers. So that's going to make the thing more complex as it is. Yeah, there's only so much that the rail system and the truck can support. There's only so much that without the barge system. Um, you know, and, and, it, and it's it, it's critical worldwide in terms of its impacting 
availability and of course pushing price up but in some cases we've seen where it's pushed price down because our producing partners can't take their finished goods put them on a in a in a barge ship them to rotterdam for export so they've just said anybody and everybody come in and take iso containers and get them the heck out of here because we need room they're still producing but they can't put it in a barge so isos are also under um tremendous you know tremendous amount of pressure and obviously we're looking at this from a very narrow chemical industry focus true um but I saw one one note that the grain harvest this year was 36 million tons. Over the last five years, the average per year was 47.9. So that's a 12 million ton shortage of grain wow. from from this issue, from not being able to move it around. Um, so obviously, it was way beyond just just what we're focusing on you know, throughout throughout Germany and throughout Europe. To me, it's amazing in my career to see over the last 20 years the effect of weather um, on our supply chain. <clears throat> and that, and again, it is that narrow chemical supply chain. But who would have thought that you know the major impacts on supply chains would be weather and geopolitical situations? And that's really what the major impacts have been from. And I'm <clears throat> I keep my TV on to the news stations. I pay attention to it uh, because you know I've learned from the past. This is what has major impacts on what we're doing here at the chemical company. That's amazing. It's something that you take for granted. There's there's a river. It's along a very populated area, and a lot of big businesses are right along the river. You just assume there's going to be water in the river, and all of a sudden there's not, and there's there's no fix for it. There's no contingency plan. And they're Europeans. Like they should have you know planned for this. They're planners. You yeah. know? <laughs> they should have had. They're Germans. They should have had some system in place yeah. so this wouldn't happen. Come on. I mean, at least with trucking. It's easier said than done, but you know, if, if there's less trucks or if there's an issue with trucks, you buy a new truck or you get a new driver. If there's no water in the river. There's <laughs> there's nothing you can do about that. Jeez, uh, th- those volumes are huge. So not even with the rail capacity of the truck, it's 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 not economical and it's impossible. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you think the capacity is for one barge to put in a trucks? Hundred trucks per barge, fifty trucks per barge. Yeah, fifty thousand, two thousand tons. I think is about right. Yeah. yeah. So all of a sudden, five hundred to two thousand tons, depending on the size of the barge. So all of a sudden, you just got to find fifty to seventy-five trucks out of nowhere to, to move the stuff. Yeah, they don't <laughs> run. They don't come out of thin air. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Hopefully, let's let's pray for rain in in Europe as well. This goes into other topics like the tariff topic for the U.S. There's obviously retribution in terms of tariffs into China. They're looking to source grains, as you mentioned, uh, agricultural products elsewhere if they can't get it from Europe. You know, they're falling back on having to get it from the United States. They're going to have to import it despite, you know, import duties on things like soy and wheat and, and whatnot. So, you know, it is forcing the hand of other countries to, to source from us despite the fact that it may not be the most economic. Now it is the most economic, even with the duties, et cetera. So it almost becomes not necessarily about economics it's just you need it it you know whatever the price is going to be it's it's not a matter of price it's a matter of do you have it or don't i mean the rind's not rising but one thing that is constantly rising is the global population of humans so you know we they need that support and uh you know they'll just have to pay more for it yep so moving on i think another a big topic going on right now being about to be early november um is the election season we're in um, lot, not a presidential election, but obviously lots of other uh, important things on the ballot and things that are going to be decided here in the next couple of weeks. 
Um, what, what are we seeing so far? Any any potential impacts or, or things that might be hedged coming into the election season? It's just completely out of control right now, the divisiveness in America. We've seen pipe bombs. We've seen um, hate shootings. We've seen <clears throat> rhetoric from both sides that is uh, just completely out of control. Uh, politics in America right now is just not fun. It's not fun at all. It's um, It's not meant to be fun, I guess, but it's meant to be balanced and there's no balance here and uh i think that based on what i'm seeing today i think that the uh, conservatives will maintain their control that's my guess i think if they do at least you know uh, this strong economy will will continue if they don't maintain control um there could be some confusion and um i don't know if that's good for anybody but um it is going to be an important um, election, absolutely. And hopefully it'll bring some semblance to, you know, the news and the politics and, and the divisiveness that's going on in America and throughout the world now. There's a lot of reflection of America going on in, in other countries, and it's sad to see the extremes on both sides. Um, we need to bring balance and get back to the middle and start working together. And uh, I hope that's the result of this election. And I know you, you spent time at EPCA and, and have spent time with contacts in, in Europe and obviously speak often with people in, in Mexico and South America and Latin America. Have there been any inclinations of general overviews of, of or what people are thinking of doing business with the U.S. or, or just managing operations with the U.S.? You know, is it is it overall positive, negative? What's kind of the general vibe you're hearing from people? I mean, with doing business with the U.S. and buying from the U.S. is good at this point, and everyone's looking with good eyes and, and see good fundamentals on the economics of the U.S. On the political side, probably the U.S. is not viewed very well, mm -hmm. but that's just only one aspect, and, you know, that cannot reflect on the country's power, you know, just the most so, so the business and the economics of the U.S. has still been positive regardless oh, yeah. of what's happening with... And, and it will be. Yeah. So, that, I mean, it's, 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 it's an ongoing thing, you know. Yeah, there, there hasn't been any mutual respect between America and other countries, and that has to change. I mean, uh, as humans, we need to show mutual respect. If we just, you know, if, if me as a president of the chemical company walked around this office every day just pointing out the negatives of every one of my employees, I mean... What kind of environment would, would that be to work in? You don't want to constantly point out people's. You want to bring out their positives and bring optimism, hope. Except except Javier. Well, he brings the best out in Javier. <laughs> I just hope that uh, the rhetoric um, settles down a bit. And then while I was at, at EPCA Europe, um, I saw a lot of confusion from the European side to see what's going on. Where where is all the Chinese tariffs affecting the U.S.? Where is the material going to go? So you kind of see kind of a dumping material and also a lot of finished goods already entering the European market. So so they're on a wait and see mode, uh, but very, very I think very concerned with the situation. And for a personal perspective, I saw a lot of a lot of more Asian colleagues at the EPCA than hmm. than other years. Wow. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot happening right now that we're not going to know about till three or six months and 
you know, next next summer we can reflect back on what's happening right now and really how it all impacted. We're just right in the middle of it. I think I think it, to Javi's point, we're already seeing the effects of the tariffs in Mexico, Latin America, as well as Europe, where you know raw material prices of the the products that we compete in 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 the Americas and throughout the world on are super low all of a sudden because they don't have the export market to the U.S. Um, Korea still does. I'm not sure why. Well, I know why that that is, you know, Korea can still dump all their products into the U.S. with low um, duties. It's because they're spying on North Korea for us. I mean, there's just a benefit there. So we allow the Koreans to continue to operate and, and dump products in here for whatever they make. Um, the, the Chinese situation is a far bigger picture. You know, uh, cyber war, the South China Sea, uh, the future that they're bringing, the third plenum, um, you know, what they're angling to be in the future is a big part of this. It's not just the fact that they've been taking advantage of America and dumping in low-cost goods here because other people are obviously doing it and are allowed to do it. So, you know, there's been a lot of uh, hints that this is the the new Cold War. And, and so with that in mind, I think that this will continue. I don't think we're going to be able to um, come to any sort of uh, agreement with China anytime soon. I think I saw an article this morning, Trump's preparing tariffs on pretty much the rest of the products that come in from China. And I think there's a meeting in a couple of weeks with, with the US and China. And I would assume if that doesn't go well, then you know Trump's gonna have this tariff list in his back pocket. So things could all of a sudden get a whole lot worse again, or confusing for that matter. I'm sure China's got their own tariff list in their pocket. I mean, it's yep. always tit for tat. Yep. One thing we talked about a little bit you know, mostly with Europe, but obviously something important here is what's happening with, with the trucking and logistics industry. I think the general vibe that we've heard is that things are getting at least a little bit better with availability. Obviously, pricing is still high. Um, there, there's still longer lead times than we had even a couple of years ago. Um, but it sounds like things might be getting at least a little bit better and a little bit uh, easier to, to, to get lanes and, and quotes on different things. I think that's what we're hearing from our logistics partners is there's, you know, there's now some availability. It's not certainly uh great but it's it's better than it was which isn't isn't great news but you know it's it's not bad news so that's, we'll that's a good thing <laughs> at this point and then moving into some pricing updates for november i think a lot of things um have have seen pretty much flat a couple of rolls a couple of things down plasticizers obviously moving up for november um what else what else are we seeing for for november well i think that you know the ryan river is having an overall effect on a lot of products you know, forcing many up, um, but also forcing many down. On the plasticizer side, you know, we're seeing up five on branched and up 10 on linear. There was obviously the shell fire uh, in Great Britain that's having a major effect on linear alcohols, um, not expected to be up till Q4 2019. So this is a long-term problem. And if you are a consumer of linear plasticizers, um, you may want to contact the chemical company and talk about uh, our 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 linear plasticizer line, including the Chemflex 206. Uh, it looks like methanol will go up slightly um, with an outage in Trinidad and, uh, you know, some other um, outages as well as um, uh, some turnarounds or less production in China. Um, we're seeing uh, propylene down, so a lot of the propylene derivatives will be, including oxos, will probably be coming lower and a lot of the OXO turnarounds uh, last year or this year are now over. So we're seeing um, good production rates. Um, things like uh, ammonia and urea are under some pressure. 
Um, but I think we're going to roll going into uh, November at this point. Uh, you know, generally, um, you know, benzene is a little bit lower with oil. Oil's down a little bit from 73 to say 67. Uh, we're talking uh, WTI. So that'll drive things like uh, benzene uh, slightly lower. I think it's at around 269 right now. Um, as which, well, which month over month was a big drop. I think we were at 288 when we did the October recording. So decent, decent drop, 15, 20 cents. Yeah, it hasn't settled yet mm-hmm. for November. It won't settle until the first few days of November. We won't know exactly where benzene will. A lot of times it, it changes overnight. So yeah. um, we're not going to bet on that. But, um, you know, globally, uh, naphtha is certainly up in Europe and you got paraxylene up in Asia. Um, so things like orthoxylene um, might get some pressure in Asia. And, and also things like, um, uh, you know, uh, people that are dependent on orthoxylene to make uh, plasticizers are going to see higher prices. So it's interesting, you know, something like plasticizers or esters in general, which really didn't see the value uptick that other things did based on the tariffs and based on, um, you know, the lack of availability for certain areas due to the tariffs um, are now getting a price push. How would you agree with... The, the different products you manage and, and prices you're seeing globally, you know, Latin America, South America, conversations you're having with people in Europe. Yeah, I mean, you see a little bit of mix between roll and up and some down. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a mix of everything. You cannot, some geopolitical issues, some weather issues, some supply demand issues, or, or sometimes regulation changes. So yep. it's got to keep updated with the news and see what's going on. Yeah, it's amazing the, the balance between politics with the tariffs and things like that going on with raw material outages. There's so many different factors that can impact products so differently. It's crazy sometimes to keep keep an eye on it, everything happening and try to put it all together. Yeah, that's what makes this job very interesting. Yep. That's what makes it fun. Moving on, featured in new products. Not, not too many new products, but a couple, couple featured um, just based on seasonal trends and, and things that are going to start to get busy again. Um, what are we seeing coming into the, the colder months? How's how's the outlook on, on different things? Well, it's not, you know, we, we, we typically go through a period up here in the northeast of stormy weather pattern in the end of October, and then November is usually beautiful, but uh, there's definitely going to be a ramp up in, you know, seasonal products. Usually starts September, October, but really kicks in November, December. <clears throat> Whether it's downhole or uh, windshield wash, um, antifreeze, all these types of products, uh, really need to, um, you know, bulk up inventory right now. I'm not really sure how uh, cold or snowy of a winter we're going to have. It's it seems one year is, you know, warm and sunny for the whole winter, and the next we've got tens of feet of snow. So you have to be prepared for it to go either way. And uh, so we're seeing some strong demand in our seasonal products. Yeah, I'm a big summer person, so let's hope for the uh, let's, hope for, let's hope for the lighter winter. Um, Javi, you're back a couple weeks from the EPCA. I think we mentioned it briefly, maybe on the last episode. Um, but how, how was the EPCA? Um, what, what's kind of the general consensus of things you're hearing from people you met with out there? So a lot of people from Europe, uh, Asia, especially Korea, they are keeping an eye on what products what were importing into the U.S. from China and now. People looking for replacement, so it's a so a lot of people have interest in the U.S. market for to replace those products with Indian goods, Korean goods, European goods. So I mean, it's it's very dynamic at, at this point. 
as if it wasn't before, it's very much a, a global marketplace at this point. With it's a, it's a reshuffle is what mm-hmm. it is. It's a reshuffle. And uh, when when everything settles out, it, it, it could be uh, all new supply chains from different regions of the world. So it's it spreads out the opportunity. It's probably not a bad thing in the long term. And obviously something we put a big focus on with our security supply campaign is meeting with all these different people and understanding what's happening in a, in a global marketplace to give the best information and, and be in the best supply position. Well, security supply for us is exactly as you say. I mean, it just means we've done our diligence when it comes to our producing partners to make sure that, you know, they're uh, in a good cost position, they're integrated, they're focused and sustainable. Um, sustainable is a, a word that's thrown around a lot in our industry, but it just means that they're <clears throat> focused on the long term. And this is our perspective in business. It's long term. We want to make sure that um, we're not opportunistic. We're not trying to make the most out of every order that we get. We're trying to fulfill that order, keep our customers happy, and maintain a position of a good supply chain with good supply partners, as well as in our business, how we run our business. We want, we're not for sale. We, you know, every day we show up to work. We love what we do. We try and keep it a good environment, um, a very positive environment. And uh, we do that for the benefit of our employees and our customers. And obviously the, the last of the quote-unquote big four conferences, uh, the Apple coming up in a couple weeks or next next two weeks, November two 10th, Two weeks away. Two weeks away. Coming so up. Coming up soon. Um, definitely will be interesting, I think, especially you know for you, big 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 one for you and a lot of good meetings. Um, so what's, what's coming up with that? Are you, are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to, it, to see what, uh, what, are, what are the supply opportunities coming from that side of the world. So a lot of people that are meeting their new intro, just to see what options we have to import their products and distribute it in the U.S. I mean, we have 25 salespeople, 13 warehouses over the states. We have the people in the ground, so it's a it could be a good fit for some of them. Yeah, that's good. That's obviously a lot of a lot of existing customers and suppliers and, and contacts, but a lot of a lot of new stuff, which will be good. Sounds like a good event. Yeah, plus it's in Cancun, so it's, I mean, I don't like it, but I'm going, <laughs> Some, you know? Someone's, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> I thought we were going to supervise. Didn't we talk about this yeah, last yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, I think we should. Yeah. So that's kind of like the last last big one for the year. I think it's, it's been a busy trade show year and conference year, so I'm sure we're looking forward to being home for a little while, and Rob's looking forward to stop signing checks for trade shows. So Correct. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're very dedicated to, you know, trade shows and events and things like that, but it is nice when you get a little time off. Sure. And, uh, you know, you need to balance your travel. You still need to set up the deals. You need to make the quotes. You need to make sure that the logistics are in place. So you can't do that when you're constantly on the road. You need to you need to settle down and make the deals. And I think it's crazy that we're going to start talking about 2019, but that's, that's coming up soon. Um, I think the big one we're going to start putting out there is obviously the AFPM in March. I know we have a a meeting internally this week and we're going to start to get the word out a little bit, but we will have our third annual cocktail party at the AFPM. That's going to be exciting. I believe the date's March 24th, which is the the Sunday of that weekend. Um, so looking forward to that and and starting to get the word out there should, it's been a great event the last two years and looking forward to keep it going. Yeah. It's a, it's a great event. Lots of great food, uh, discussions, get to see a lot of our counterparts and uh, from around the world and uh, we usually have a, a strong contingent of our sales personnel there and our uh, administrative staff so uh, hope to see you there wrapping things up I think one of the big things we should mention briefly is is the tariff situation obviously the lists so far are complete and in 
dates that are going into effect are either already in effect or, or they're all fully announced. Um, now that we've kind of had a couple of weeks to digest and, and have the full information, what's what's happening with the tariff still obviously a big focus and, and thinking about deadlines if we're going to try to get stuff in from, from China before that January 1st deadline. Yeah, it's already 10% in addition to any duties that were already in place. And effective Jan 1 is going to be an additional 15%, maybe even going higher beyond that. So you've got you know, a 25% increase in your cost of goods. Um, so, you know, today being early November, if you don't have stuff on the water right now, you're going to be paying that 25% additional tariff. So uh, that needs to be considered in your supply chain and, um, you know, in, in your procedure and process to buy things uh, worldwide. And uh, so I hope, you know, you've already considered the fact that your costs are up by that much or you found uh, an, another source that doesn't have that additional cost to it. Of course, China's doing a lot, you know, uh, you know, export uh, payments, you know, payments to companies that export, you know, to offset some of the pain of the tariff. Um, so um, I, I still think there's a lot of things that will come from China uh, to the Americas or specifically uh, the United States that has the tariff situation. But um, there's certainly a lot of confusion right now and um, definitely a slowdown of imports from China. Just adding to that reshuffle, the global, yeah, global reshuffle. Yeah, really is. It's going to be the, the theme of the podcast, I think, global, global, global reshuffle. Global reshuffling in the chemical industry. Yeah, I think um, it's happened. It's happening. And it will continue to happen, um, you know. Yeah, and obviously we have our, our three-part tariff podcast series uh, that's up. Uh, so no matter where you're streaming this podcast, you can click back and, and stream a couple of those, at least the last one, which kind of gave the, the finite um, decision on, on where things settle with the tariff updates. So that's a good overview if you're unfamiliar with the situation or, or want to refresh on, on where things are at. Um, also have a couple good podcasts that are, are currently live. We were able to sit down with uh, some members from the Plastics Industry Association, uh, which was good with a lot of the regulatory things happening and, and things that they're seeing a little bit further down the supply chain in the plastics industry. Um, we also were able to sit down and talk to the NACD president, Eric Beyer, a couple weeks ago. Uh, both those are live. Both those are a good listen, not just because we're releasing the podcast, but I think they really are, are good info and uh, some, some interesting points from, from everyone that we were able to talk to with, with kind of things that are going on across the industry. So those are two. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out, we'll, we'll link them below or just scroll back wherever you're listening and they're, they're up there. Any final notes heading into November? Just that last November, December, we're very strong. We're hoping to have a, another strong November and December finish of the year. And uh, October was very strong. So um, hope it continues. Javier, thumbs up. And stay warm <laughs> for, for, for you who wants to leave the Northeast. Yeah, I'm sure you're looking forward to getting out of the Northeast here for at least a couple of days. Get down to the warmth. Yes, sir. All right. Well, th thank you for listening. Um, as always, we have the View from Jamestown podcast edition uh, up and live anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, YouTube, Google Play Store, Apple Store, uh, SoundCloud, you name it, we're, we're up there. Um, so feel free to, to share uh, and stream however, however you get your podcasts. And we will catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.